Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Richard Deitch from The Athletic. Al Michaels going anywhere? Count me among those disappointed by the great Al Michaels' performance in the playoffs and, and his disdain throughout the year. Yeah, I assume he's going to the Beverly Hilton for cocktails and a steak. No, he's not going anywhere. Okay. I think Amazon should become like the Denver Broncos of sports media entities. Oh, the Denver Broncos. And go ahead and get Al Michaels away. It's time to move on from Michaels mm. and from, from Herb Street. But like Michaels' performance in the playoffs was so low energy and so unfortunate. Here we go for the win. As everybody's running out onto the field. Low energy person. And then his response to it was so blind. I think Brent Musburger needs to move over and make room in Vegas for Al Michaels to transition gently. They're like a touring act. Right. This is where Siegfried Al is, and Roy. This is where Al has been <laughs> destined to go. Brent and Al. I like that. You are looking live. The Las Vegas Strip. Bustling as always on Sunday Night Football. Al Michaels. I'm Brent Musburger. Thanks for dropping by. I like it. <laughs> Brent and Al with Tigers. <laughs> yeah out there telling stories and trying not to get eaten. so bad it's almost good you know what i'm saying some of my friends in montana wanted me to ask you will the lions cover four and a half tomorrow against minnesota well we're in vegas i wish i could tell you that something was important but this game is over we know it's been over you know what i'm talking about start with the tigers oh here we go now and uh-oh this is nuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on all of that. Uh, Siegfried and Roy, Alan and Brent, I'm with Especially you. Especially the outfits. <laughs> yes. Well, the stardust is long gone, but what happened is no one's fault, but he does say that when he saw that tiger, he should have never looked away. You believe in miracles? Yes! The tigers just electrified this crowd. He goes One, one two, two, three. And here we go, Here we go. go. Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Good stuff as always by Chris Tannehill in the open. The broadcaster carousel is uh, not going to spin as much as people want it to because Brady's probably just going to take this job. But I saw this report. It was a consolidated thing on SI's website from the... uh, Andrew Marchand, the Marchand and Oran sports media podcast. Yeah. It's John Oran from Sports Business Journal and Andrew Marchand from uh, the New York Post. So I haven't listened to the podcast, but just based on the curation here, this is Andrew Marchand, who's probably the number one sports media uh, writer going right now. He said, 
Tony Romo needs to study more. Uh-huh. He needs to be better prepared. As you move away from the sidelines, you need to do more work. I know CBS is aware of this. They tried an intervention last offseason. They knew. They anticipated this. That's a credit to them, the people in charge there, but it has not gotten better, yes, end quote. Uh, amazing. I saw that too myself. Another line from Marshand: there's kind of a fine line between unconventional and undisciplined. So, like, yeah, they went for an intervention, man, trying to get Tony to try harder. I, that was my theory, and I had heard a little bit about it, that he, like, takes production calls in the middle of the week from the golf course just with his AirPods in Dude. and that he's just not totally locked in. Um, and this line from Marshand is funny. And you know I love Jim Nance, and Nance has been a great storyteller on this show before, uh, and I just love golf, so I have a lot of Jim Nance in my life on the weekends, but – to Nance is about Nance. He's been like that for a long time. You see that in the post game when he does the broadcast, and then he's going down and doing the podium. I don't understand why Tracy Wolfson or someone else can't do that, but it's Nance all the time. Oh. Uh, it's like that story about Jim Nance in the Final Four that broke. The tie represents a lot to me. No, no, no. That that was hilarious. But don't you remember Jim Nance is giving up the Final Four to Ian Eagle? But Jim Nance is still going to do the presentation of the trophy. He's like, I want to be able to bring my kids to the game and share that with them. No, 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 no. You want to still get in front of everybody and and do the trophy. Oh, God. I just made me laugh. That was like the funniest sports media story of last year to me. It was like, wait a minute. Nance is giving up the final four, but going to just fly in to do the award Mm. ceremony? Why are you doing that? That is brutal. (laughs) What's rolling around my head right now is a joke that – Joe Buck made about Nance in a text that I don't know if I ever shared, so probably shouldn't, and I shouldn't bring it up. Correct. Okay, good. Good talk. What the hell, man? (laughs) Could you dump the last uh, 12 seconds? These are microphones. They are? These are microphones. Yeah. There are people on the other end of them. All right, good. They write for Barrett Sports Media. No. Uh, <laughs> Shane, call the FCC. Yeah, I, get, yep, they're erasing it. Don't worry about it. it. They erased the whole it, thing. And it, we all know it. the Barrett's people are only interested in another feature on Chris Tannehill. As they should be. Yes. As they They are in the open. As, yeah. How about yesterday's deep fake with Pat Mahomes, a Chicago Bear? Have we gotten that posted anywhere? People wanted to post that yeah, one. Yeah, not yesterday. Yeah, it's but it's been ago. a long week, I know. Sure it has. Um, but yeah, it's on my SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, you're telling you, me. You, yeah, you've worked a few days in a row. And I don't like it. <laughs> when you haven't worked for four weeks, four yeah, days yeah, seems yeah. like an eternity. I'll, I'll be honest. It's been too many. It feels like Saturday to you. It really we, does. We know. Hey, Woo. take tomorrow off. <laughs> yeah. you, don't have, you don't have to do it. You know, I was thinking about it, funny, funnily enough. But no, Danny funnily. said, funnily, funnily is a word. You know, when you get really into funnels, you're just one of those guys. Oh, oh that's, my, that's my buddy Jack. Real funnily, that guy. Yeah, he's a funnily Danny set the over under at four. A number of shows that we will all do together. And I want to hit the over. The sad part is Shane's off tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I set the, I set the under, over under knowing the chain was off on Friday. Oh, oh that's fun. Yeah. See? So, so I, yeah, you know, insider trading. So Iron Man, this would be an interesting thing, though, because Iron Man Streak, which has historically been about just the hosts, on this show, understandably, perhaps has become about the four of us and all four of us. So that is a much bigger ask. That's a oh, much more difficult thing. It's an impossible ask. Four people every, every day with, with these kind of contracts. It's just it's not <laughs> everybody it, going to work at the not, same it's, time. It's not it's not sustainable. Mm. Uh, but I know what can get your tickle your funnily bone. 
Uh, and that is Jed Hoyer. Yeah, but I'm looking up. I, I'm pretty sure funnily is a word. So if you guys want to have Bob Nightingale on, yep. you guys can certainly do that. Thank you, Jed. In a strange or amusing way, you do talk funnily. I'm not wrong. Okay. Carry on. All right. Good. Congratulations. And- <laughs> the Heyman and Sherman podcast. So this is obviously most applicable to Cubs fans. But where I at least think it's interesting is he talks about regrets with the way that things were handled when the Cubs were succeeding and where the game is going. We'll hear both of them. But that can be directly applied to the current White Sox, right? Because, like, Jed is trying to build, as he always puts it, the next great Cubs team. But the White Sox were succeeding. Back-to-back 90-win seasons, division championships, playoff appearances. But they're kind of failing in the midst of their window. So it it, it feels like Jed is talking about lessons from yesteryear Uh that he's trying to apply to future Cubs teams that almost you could also take as a Sox fan and apply to the here and now. Well, listen, we have been given a gift in this two-team baseball town that since 2011, we have been able to watch two teardowns and rebuilds. Yeah. You know, think about that. We've been able to watch two different brain trusts try and do this in two different ways. And one of them, we've had a chance to see how they react when things do not continue the way that they wanted them to. And the Cubs kind of awkward slide in the final couple years there, and then their decision to reboot as they have is another opportunity to learn. This game that's so difficult to predict and difficult to build a team. We've been blessed in this town. I think we've learned a lot. And some of the smartest people in the game are still learning. That's right. Well, hey, you have to because the game keeps changing. Yes, it does. And then teams catch up to each other. So market inefficiencies are no longer inefficient because everyone's doing them. So then you got to adjust to the adjustments. And that's baseball, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the battle between the hitter and the pitcher and all of these front offices. So here is Jed sounding like he has some regrets in the midst of the Cubs' success and championships. So I think a couple lessons. I think you know one of the things I learned and I'll say this broadly without being too specific is I think you have to adapt when you're on top. I think you have to make changes when you're on top. I think that if you, there's a tendency, a human nature tendency, when you sort of get to the top of the mountain, you kind of look around, enjoy the view, feel good about what you just, the hike you just went on. And I think what I learned in a lot of different ways is that's the moment you have to get, get back to work. You have to make changes. I think that, Team chemistry is a the fleetingest of things, right? That one team that has this, this special bond, like you, you're going to leave for the winter, you're going to come back in spring training, it's all different. You know, and I've talked to so many people at it. Rossi has talked to me about like the 2013 Red Sox versus the 2014 Red Sox. You know, I've watched it, you know, 04, 05, you know, 16 to, to 17. Like you can't bottle up that moment. The moment's gone, right? And so I think when you when you are on top, you have to make changes in how you develop players. You have to make changes in in uh, your everyday lineup. You have to you have to to mix and match things um, according. Not you, you can't bottle it up and just like uh, um, sustain it that way, right? In some ways, the way to sustain it is actually by continuing to make changes and continuing to to move forward. And that's probably the thing I learned the most is that I thought you know, there's some things in our game that changed dramatically around 2016. And I think at that moment, we had this amazing farm system, this great group of young players, we were winning. And I didn't think we adapted fast enough. I don't think we made enough changes to our our core group of players in that moment. And I think that's probably my biggest 
takeaway is that the way to sustain things, I think, is by continuing to make changes. And I think if you try to keep things the same or you're stubborn to what you did before, I think you're going to lose out. That's fascinating stuff. Isn't that really good? That's really, really good. It's fascinating stuff because, look, as he's saying that things are – had started to change the, the I'm not sure exactly what he's talking about around the game but I have my suspicions the first thing I'm thinking of is the proliferation of high four seam fastballs and the breaking ball that tunnels the same and drops down and gets you out and that's how every member of the Cubs core was eventually gotten out well, so that, when yeah. when they got to the postseason Rizzo and Bryant and Schwarber and Baez were gettable because you got them all the same way, which the Dodgers figured out in 2016, but it didn't really come to roost until 2017. So that that's like sort of the strategic thing I'm thinking about. But also think about when they revamped their with the director of hitting and a director of pitching and revamped the way they do things and changed from Jason McLeod to Dan Kantrovitz as the scouting director and realized they couldn't keep doing things the way they had been doing it. It's like 2018 that they did that. And he's admitting right there that that was late. Yeah, well, because I think so that is the strategic thing. And we talked a lot about that at, at, at the time or maybe a little late to it. But we, we got there. But also the the chemistry part of it. Yeah, I don't know. You're right to, to call like, that out. Like, uh, just because you were a champion, and then you all come back as champions, you've seen teams try to do this before. It's like it's a it's a good idea. At least the theory is it's a good idea to inject a new piece into the team that everyone likes and respects that hasn't been a champion. It's like, oh, well, we got to do it for this guy now. Yeah. Like we got we got to we got to get him one. And that those teams were just very similar. They were there's the, the rosters, the core, the rotation, the they position kept, They kept the core together and we know they kept the core together too long and it sounds like Jed thinks they kept banking on that chemistry to recapture what they had and it but you never need, happened. You 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 need injection of of new life, of, of new guys, to, to, to keep it fresh, to keep accountability, to youthful energy. Who were we talking about on um, – who was the White Sox prospect that you were talking about calling up earlier last year? You were like, bring up the young guy. Sosa. Yes. Lenny yeah. and Sosa. Yeah, you're, you're like, bring, bring him up. That to, you need that person to be injected into your mix. The sh- give them the shot of life. To where, yes. where, Where's the swagger? Where's the thing? Like, bring it up. The Cubs – you know, they were veterans, they were older, they were expensive, yeah. they, they were kind of established at all of the positions and all that, they, so they, but they didn't really do much of that. No, and, and, and they kept chasing what David Ross brought them. Remember, he left. He went away after 2016. Right, David Ross went away, and then some of the new pieces were guys that, you like, they had new closers every year. Right, right. It, not, it, but, not guys that were really going to affect, like, that everyday leadership culture clubhouse vibe. But they kept chasing that guy, whether it was John Jay. Or who's the uh, who's the second baseman who I can't remember who was who ended up being really bad? Oh God! Um, but he did get to his ten years. But he was like they kept trying to find that veteran who was going to come in and be that guy to help hold people accountable, and and and, and they they never really found it. So they never really found the chemistry that they knew they had in 2016. And part of that is the decay and trust of Joe Madden. 
and the, the decay in, in control of the room with Joe Madden, which I will forever say was at least in part because of his mismanagement of Game 7 in the year they won the damn World Series. Right. Which is crazy, but that's just the, the way it was. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it, it's really interesting. So for, to, for him to be self-aware and think about how the chemistry never got recaptured and the changes in the game happened and to try and learn from that – because I think now we see, Danny, the way they're doing stuff right now is with this offseason more in focus now and seeing the people that they signed and the strategy they had to try and build. It's different. What they're trying to do now is different. Whatever the version of this plan is, that as you perceive it or as they are trying to show it to you, it is different, a different way of team building than they did the first time around. Daniel Descalso. Thank you, Texter. I was hoping that's who it was. Here with uh, one of the newest Cubs, Daniel Descalso. Uh, All right, so you say you don't like to talk about yourself. Give me something. <laughs> Honestly, uh, not a terrible interview question. Give me something. Give, give me something. <laughs> that's Made amazing. this trip out here. But, yeah, that's amazing. Give me something. But but Daniel Descalso was a guy that they wanted to be that dude. Yeah. Shep's over there getting turned down by Josh Fegley. Yeah. Mac is confusing <laughs> white guys on the White Sox. Nick, Nick Madrigal. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Danny Mendick. Danny, Danny Mendick. Mendick. And oh, Danny that Mendick. was the best. He walked over, and I'm talking to, to Danny Mendick, and he thought it was Nick Madrigal. <laughs> We are professionals. Well, John Lester's telling me I'm not going to get anything from Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to try, John. Yeah. He was right. Lester was right about that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because yeah. look what they're rough, doing. Now, now, Danny, what they're doing clearly now is they're following a version of Carter Hawkins' Cleveland Guardians infused plan here where they're building with pitching, run prevention and defense in the way and they want to be as clean and fundamental and as functional as the Cleveland teams have been under Terry Francona, who they love every single season. Well, that's the second clip we wanted to play. So this is Jet again with Heyman and Sherman about uh, where the game's going. Yeah, I mean, that's where the game is going, right? The game is is going to a place of athleticism. Uh, it might take a little bit of time to to get there, but it was something that was very important to us, that we knew that if we signed one of those shortstops, uh, we knew that Nico would move over to second. And um, I, I think he's going to be the favorite to win the gold glove, you know, at second. And so our, our middle infield should be really good defensively. And then uh, obviously Bellinger is really good in center. You know, half won a gold glove last year uh, in left. You know, Saya actually struggled a little bit defensively last year compared to what he had done in Japan. Uh, our hope is that being here, knowing the ballparks, having a year under his belt, um, given his speed and his arm, that there's no question he should he, he'll get back to the level he played defense in Japan. And I think when you add that up, we should have a really good defensive team. And you know, in my experience, there's some of the um, the best teams I've been around, and some of the teams that surprised the most were teams that were really built on on having really good run prevention and. You know, so much of what we think about as pitching is oftentimes really good defense. And and on the flip side, when you have really bad defense, you can um, you can bastardize a good pitching staff really quickly. You know, so we should really catch the ball this year. I think we'll be very reliable on defense. And um, my hope is certainly that that um, that ticks up our, our pitching staff and it'll, it'll give confidence to those young pitchers that they know that, you know, double plays are going to get turned. They know the balls in the gap are going to get caught and. I do think that makes a huge difference over the course of the season. So 
obviously, I like everything about having a great defense. No one is going to not like having a great defense. Mm. My only, like, the cynic in me, and we're all product of our own experiences, I watched the Royals build a team that went to back-to-back World Series that was credited for, man, they were really ahead of the curve on having athletes everywhere, great defensive players, great bullpen arms. They were credited with a lot of, like, the bullpenning uh, advent. They stole more bases than was super conventional. And I always thought, that they didn't do it because they were geniuses and they were ahead of some curve. They did it because they were cheap? They did it because it was what they could afford. Sure. It was who they could afford. Okay. And, now, and that doesn't mean that they didn't pick the right guys and that you can't win that way. Uh-huh. But it was not. And so when I hear, like, we're going to have the best defense. Sure. It's like, oh, but are you going to be 20th in homers? No, no, no. You, but, you know, but, that, that, that's they, what concerns me about they, it a little bit. They won't be. When it's when they win a title, if and when they win a title, if and when they contend, because the same thing that you're saying about your Royals experience, which is valuable um, in terms of the knowledge that we're gleaning here, is the same for Cleveland, because Cleveland doesn't have enough power and they haven't had enough power historically, even as they have been one of the models of this kind of ball. But imagine if you're a big market team. With the money and the resources, and you build this way, and then you go and buy power. You augment. This year, I don't know if they'll have enough. They threw some money at Trey Mancini, and I think that some of the way that Wrigley and the National League Central um, stadiums play better than Baltimore and where he was will work in his advantage. But a lot of their prospects, Alexander Canario and... And I know he's hurt, but obviously Matt Mervis and others that maybe those guys will bring the power as they come up. They're looking for it and they want it. But if they got to go out and spend for power, that's what they'll spend for, knowing they have this depth of pitching, run prevention and defense as a floor. And that actually is a team building concept I can get behind and understand. I think that makes sense. Just got to have the other thing, too. You do. Got to have the other thing. But it might be easier to spend and buy when you're not Kansas City and you're not Cleveland. Oh, I mean, it it better be. Yeah. <laughs> it better be. It just sounds a little Kansas City, Cleveland-y to, I feel you. to, to me I to feel not you. have but, my guard up on it a little but, bit. But, man, how much have we admired Cleveland? Talk about the White Sox fans and the White Sox perspective on this. You've watched them play sound, fundamental, great ball and run prevention ball, and it beats you. Even with your boppers. So you better play that way. No, well, so White Sox, if I'm thinking about that from those answers from a White Sox perspective, I'm thinking, what did they do to inject chemistry and new life into this team? They got the new manager, right? That's that's probably the biggest one. That is the biggest one. And then are they adapting to defense and athleticism and that sort of thing? Boy, a boy, that, that a, answer, a boy can dream. That was but, my. But, but that answer is no. I mean, it, no, it, it doesn't <laughs> seem so. But, you know, new coaching staff, um, it, it, theoretically better communication lines between Rick Hahn and that front office and the coaching staff. Remember, that's what I wanted last year. I wanted last year's offseason to, to be such that, that you hit the spring and they're like, oh, look at all the shifts they're trying or look at all the analytics they're, they're involving. Look how, how much smarter they got. We'll see what happens this offseason. You can keep texting in your questions for one last thing. Mortifying moment in parenting today that I'm assuming everyone with multiple kids or who grew up with siblings can relate to. Next on The Score. Oh, no. How about that, huh? The world's greatest dad. (laughs) 
My son made it for me. That's very nice. The best in the world, which means I'm better than just number one. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. It's time for Good Dad, Bad Dad. I'm not going to call him Dad. Brennan, you're 39 years old. I would not expect you to call him Dad. Well, I'm not going to, ever. Even if there's a fire. Tales of questionable parenting. I told this kid to start cracking the books. Was he supposed to do that after he got back from the Nets game you took him to on a school night? It's got to be hard for him, this situation with us. Why don't you cut him some slack? No, that's your department. I get to be the prison warden over here while you indulge him. The iPod, the drums. Uh, again with the drums. Good dad, <laughs> bad no. dad. With Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. I'm ready no, to weigh no. in with a verdict. I'm yeah. ready to weigh no, in. No, no. Bad dad. I haven't even can, heard it can yet. I, can I cast the first vote? <laughs> It's a bit of a democracy on this show, but Tanny is an authoritarian when it comes to the audio. Yeah. But if you would have told me that that was what he was playing bad for this, dad. Bad dad. I, I, would have, I would have vetoed it. I would have used that clause in my contract for a one year, one audio veto a year. Uh, there is, I want to be very clear. Listeners, feel free to text in whether Danny's been a good dad or a bad dad. The answer is bad dad. And to be I clear, we be... don't know what the situation is, but the way that Danny set it up in the text thread this I morning. I heard about it. Oh, yeah. you, you heard about I it. I heard about it because he, he had to tell Bernstein what a bad dad I, I he was. I had my buddy, Audio Vito, and he, he said, just play it, man. Play it. Do, do whatever you want to do. I want to be very clear. Again with the drums. <laughs> I want to be very clear. There's no scenario where I want any credit for good dad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> good dad's off the table. <laughs> Not interested in any good dad platitudes. All right. So what happened? All right. Because I asked Bernstein at the end of transition, because I had never been presented with a situation like this, and uh, it just happened this morning. It's I not have a Casey Anthony thing, is it? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay, good. But, 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 but Tan- it's not like the time Tan- I banged Tan- Ruben's head against the fridge and said, oh, there goes the Ivy League. Tan- Tanny's, a, Tanny's a parent of one. Speaks a parent of one. I haven't had a chance to talk to some of my friends that have multiple kids yet. It just happened this morning, busy morning, whatever the case may be. So I told Steph, I was like, hey, I got I to gotta get going because I was going to North Austin. I got I to gotta be leaving at like 9.15. So uh, I know, I, can, can you come down at like 8 o'clock? I'll do with the kids until 8. Then I'm going to pass them off to you. You'll do your thing. Marta will come, whatever. So I have, I'm in charge of the kids till 8. Uh, she was working out upstairs, getting some laundry going, whatever. So no problem. Owen and Eli and I are in the playroom. Okay. Eli is playing. With some, uh, some like some blocks on the ground, with, Owen with razors in them. Uh, no, Owen is playing with the new monster truck that I got him oh, from the monster good. truck That's thing. That's exciting. He's kind of bouncing him around his other like Hot Wheels cars, the train table, like looking at how the monster truck can crush some things, right? Sure. Yeah. But so they're they're we're all in the same room, but one kid's over by the little train table, the other kid's by the blocks over by like the the little couch in the playroom. Okay. Eli is starting to get fussy. It's about time for his bottle of formula. Normal thing for a kid. Totally normal ki- thing for a kid. Yeah, sounds good so, so far. So I'm like, all right. It's like 7.55. So this is still my time to deal, right? No problem. So I'm going to go get a bottle of formula. We got the little formula making machine. Yeah. You go over there, you put the bottle under the formula thing. So, so far, hit, this all sounds like good yeah, dad. One you of those hit, formula making machines just to set up boobs on the counter. You, you, hit, you, you, hit, the, you hit the button. 
The eight ounces of formula comes out. You screw the little nozzle on. What's her name? What's the formula machine's <laughs> name? <laughs> Gwen. You walk back into the room. They say breast is best, but that's not your fault. It's not my fault. Yeah, yeah. I can't do anything about it. Nope. Uh, so I, all right, so I, so I, so this is no problem. Thirty seconds. Yeah. Thirty no seconds. Go, go get formula bottle. Boom. Boom. While I'm at the formula machine. Yeah. Gwen. I hear no from Owen. Uh oh. And then I hear a crash. Oh boy. Owen decided that he didn't want Eli playing with the blocks. Of course not. And he took his monster truck and threw it at Eli. Uh oh. And sliced his head. Oh, God. dude. Oh my God. Uh... Gushing. Oh no. Gushing blood. Oh, there's a lot of blood from the head. In the baby. A lot of blood. Gushing blood. Well, baby Ric Flair in your your house today. (laughs) Dude, I... Uh Owen's never seen blood. He's mortified. Eli's screaming. Eli's superfly Parkins has he's blood months, just he's, pouring down his face. He's nine months old. He looks like, like cut me, Mick. Like, <laughs> he looks like he has gone 12 rounds in a heavyweight fight. Oh, no. I, I, I pick him up, and I, I go, Steph! Like, <laughs> that checks out. Like, she's, like, she's like, what? She hears the kid crying. Kids cry all the time. No big deal. I'm like, no, no, no. Right now. And I and I like take Eli, run him over, like yeah. you know, get the paper towel and the cold water and put him on his head. Sorry about this blood, <laughs> dude. I mean, crime scene, blood trail to the kitchen. Uh, like I thought on he the was, carpet, car- carpet in the playroom. I thought he was going to need stitches. Shane, way to it, worry about the carpet dude, over the kid. It, dude, you know how I feel about floors. <laughs> I, you're a big floor guy. It was. I hate. Yeah. It. It. It was. A centimeter. It was nothing. Did you apply did, pressure and pr- try uh, to stop the bleeding? Immediately. You know how to do that? Immediately. Okay, good. Immediately. I I, I mean, my, I ruined a sweatshirt with like so oh, much blood. No! <laughs> but, I mean, I, sweatshirt. You know how I feel about I, sweatshirts. I, I got him. The up. braided one? I, I What? The braided one? No, no. The people love so much? Listen, I would, I would have held them out. <laughs> the one that looks like a waffle with the, like I, little I, squares? No, it's the, the tan Under Armour one that oh. I've been working into the rotation. Oh, uh, yeah, little, it's little, a good one. It's a nice sweatshirt. Yeah, nice we'll replace it. But so I. I, I mean, dude. That's terrifying. Terrifying. Now, he did not need stitches. He was totally fine. Five, six minutes later, he calmed down at the crying. We fed him. He's, you know, you put the press on. It was tough, though, because the cut was, like, at the hairline, so the Band-Aid wouldn't really stay. So Passed out because of the loss of blood. Dude, it was <laughs> mortifying. Sure. The, that volume of blood is really jarring. It's, it's I've, I've been streaming. There. I, I know. I've never... I, Owen's three years old. He's never, I mean, he's never bled. Never assaulted someone before. No, he's, never, he's, 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 he's never been arrested before today. But he's never bled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've, I've never, I've never had a kid bleed, much less a baby bleed, much yeah. less a, a three-year-old make a baby bleed, much less it was the thirty seconds where I turned my back, which is I was four minutes away from getting tagged out. Listen, are by you my at wife, all? So she's kind of blaming me, but not blaming me. But it definitely was my fault. Are you really at all was. concerned that Owen is um, going to develop into an evil person who throws stuff at people? No, so we, I've like you know because he has been kind of being a little bit like aggressive it's, with his younger brother. It's, it's actually just, very common for young siblings. Super, super common. It doesn't mean you're raising a bad kid okay, or a bully yeah, sure, whatever. Like, you, you gotta you gotta just like yeah. you gotta teach him but like but like this was what like beyond to Dahmer. it's what happened to Dahmer you know this I mean? was beyond take it easy 
This was beyond. Uh, <laughs> went too far. Like you give the kid a timeout or Sorry. you try to discipline him. You know what I mean? Because he, yeah. Owen was scared too. Does he get it now? Does he get what happened now? We think so. Okay. But I mean, but who knows? He's yeah. three years old. But we didn't. We didn't yell at him because it was like you know what I mean. Of like, course. Yeah. You know, kid. They, they throw they throw a ball at each other. They like he he's pushed him. Sure, before no, of course. And I'm sure they're, he feels terrible. He was probably so, freaked out. Don't ter- we were all freaked out, man. I felt so bad. I I was telling Bernstein. I was like, I parenting is fairly logical. It is fairly self explanatory. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. Right, I know you do. But I. Other than stop the blood, I had no idea what to do. Hydrogen peroxide to clean up the blood. It's yeah. an amazing, amazing I, substance. I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's so. an option. It was but just, crazy, you know, man. I, I, so how how was Eli? Did he, 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 I mean, I, did he recover? He was fine. He was cheery and happy. I mean, he's got, a, he's got a cut on his upper forehead that, you know, we, about that. we assume will be fine did we get a new oh no from owen and why weren't you recording (laughs) i it was one of the few times i wasn't thinking about the content until everything settled down marta had arrived steph and i went away and then you realize it is pretty good and i was like so can i tell that story on the air (laughs) and she was like are you serious and i was like yeah 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 yeah, yeah." but seriously can i tell the story on the air did you take pictures she was like yeah of course yeah, I'm not putting out the picture. No, of no, no, no don't put them out. But can we see them? Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want context. Uh, oh, no, oh, 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 I want to see how bad it was. Not take a picture when the blood was like fully flowing. Oh, just, then I don't of, care. of the cut after the fact, not when there was dude. dude okay. When there was blood everywhere, you would have thought we were EMTs. <laughs> like. We were treating this thing like it was, and, and I mean, it Shane, was, Shane, go watch Rosemary's Baby if you want context. <laughs> you know? it, it, it was go less see a horror movie. It, it was, it was, a, it was less That's than a, a fun s- movie. It was a, a centimeter. It was not. She was, Steph was like, "It's a deep cut." I'm like. It's not a deep. Oh cut. no, that's but, that's the thing about wait, forehead cuts. A forehead cut. Forehead it, cut, like a crazy amount of blood. And I learned this the other day. You actually don't necessarily want to get stitches for a forehead cut. You actually want the air yeah. to do its job. It helps that thin layer of skin actually heal on its own. Why better. did you learn that the other day? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a kid who was in a body cast. <laughs> yeah. who I brought over to see Hampton, and she looked at that big yeah. oak tree face of yours. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Turn your back for one second. These yeah. kids are throwing trucks at each other. Yeah, no, it's what happens. No, the other day, Shane, it was me and Ruben and another a friend of mine who's another dad and his two kids, and they were all playing, and one of the kids hurt his forehead and started to bleed. And, and the friend called an ER doctor who's a pal of his and got the... The, the, the update right then on what to do. And the truth is that air is uh, often better for a forehead cut. Well, then we did the right thing. We did not call an ER doctor, but whew, tensions were high in the Parkins household. This morning. I, honestly, I honestly don't know if I've ever bled like that. I'm 36 years old, but I've lived a fairly sheltered life. Yeah. But, but like, you know what I mean? Like, not a lot of injuries. Like, yeah. You don't use like, knives. You don't go outdoors. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. Right. Yeah. I haven't been padded walls. I got to say, I think I end up, um, I end up good, Dad. 
funnily enough. Oh, I mean, I don't if know we're about voting, that. He, dude, you yeah, had to step do? away yeah. to get your kids formula. Yeah, he didn't do anything I wrong. I could have brought Owen with me. No, but, no, but no, 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 no. They're playing. Have to. They're playing together. You got to learn that, that yeah. they need to learn how to play together. You step away to get the formula. You come back. It's a disaster. You seem to handle it okay. You did scream, Steph, <laughs> which seems to be a good first step for you. I needed. I needed reinforcements. Yeah. For sure, she was shocked. I ended up, I ended up good dad, and I didn't expect to. One thing we know for sure now is that we know definitively that Eli does not have a healthy respect for Owen's things. No, No, he does not. Like Owen does for water, Eli does not not have a healthy respect. No, there was not. Yeah, we're not to the sharing stage yet. Well, okay, this could have been avoided. I, I noticed one thing. You went to Monster Trucks on the weekend. With only you, one of them, right? Exactly. Saw that. You didn't You're, bring Eli. Saw you that. You can't bring a nine-month-old to Monster Trucks. <laughs> you don't know trucks. if that's oh, true. Oh, oh, dude, Come on, watch of course me. you can. <laughs> yeah. Watch me. Yeah. Shane will bring your nine-month-old to Monster Trucks. Any nine-month-old. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be, hard. it'd be hard for somebody else to give you their nine-month-old. Yeah, I'm trusting. Is my thought. <laughs> we'll, uh, oh, no, we're not answering questions because we have a piece of audio apparently that is uh is so funny it allows for us to play a classic score piece of audio that we figured we'd end the show with some laughs after uh reliving my nightmares it's parkinson spiegel on the score morning guys i'll get to the point right away i'm retiring for good we do not care did you guys hear tom brady retired i did hear he retired happened yesterday for the second time we do not care (laughs) <laughs> we care a little bit care a little not much should have done today on groundhog day right i mean because then that could have People had that read feeling. Into that yeah and then francesca could add his moment on first take <laughs> that's right it was really selfish of brady to ruin the mike and the mad dog reunion happy 30th anniversary to the film groundhog day which i absolutely love and uh, I got to go to Woodstock, Illinois, and go on the tour of the Groundhog Day locations. I've never done that. Do you know groundhogs and woodchucks are the same animal? I did not know that. Learned that this morning. Wow, there you go. Yep. Uh, for the record, the whole groundhog predicts the weather thing is some of the most ridiculous BS humans have ever done. See, I disagree. <laughs> and I, th- I tweeted something today that I thought for sure was going to go viral. Why are we paying meteorologists... When there's literally a groundhog right over there yeah. telling us what the weather's going to be. Right. We got, sure. we got a built-in groundhog yeah. telling us the weather. And we're paying Cheryl Scott right. probably three hundred grand a year. Well, the groundhog is uh, an idiot. 500 grand a year. Yeah, there the groundhog knows nothing. Okay? <laughs> he gets it right. He's right 70% of the time. That's not true. Yes, it is. No, I read that he's wrong like 61% no. of the I time. I read it on the internet today. He's right 70, 70% Well, the, of the internet time. doesn't lie, especially the corners that you traffic. It was guys- groundhogtruther.com. Mm. <laughs> Perfect, perfect, perfect. So what do we have here, Tanny? We have uh, oh man, former Giant Sean O'Hara. Yeah, he's on Good Morning Football these days, right? right? I think this is from Good Morning Football. He's an NFL network. And Sean O'Hara was talking about the momentous uh, moment when we all learned that Tom Brady had retired. This is a, a huge moment, not just for Tom Brady, not just for the NFL, but like for all of us. You know, look. Uh, people remember where they were when JFK was assassinated. You remember where you were with 9 11. Can I tell you something? Can I interrupt you real stuff. quick? He, his first start was a week after 9 11. That's how long like, ago he's been playing. I was. I came out the same year as him, 2000, and he's still playing. 23 years. That's a long time. But I, I'm going to remember this. Like, I'm going to remember who I'm, I'm with. Uh, Kyle's going to remember he was in Vegas. Um, <laughs> you, you're going to remember where you oh. were when Tom Brady announced his official retirement. And it sounds like this one's for real. 
Peter Schrager trying to just distract her. I guess just trying to talk about no, they were trying to one up each other with 9-11 anecdotes. And Peter <laughs> started it. He was so excited. People remember where they were when JFK was assassinated. You remember where you were with 9-11. Can I tell you something? Can I interrupt you real quick? Oh, you're talking about 9-11 oh, with Tom 9/11. Brady? I, I got a 9-11 <laughs> Tom Brady. Nugget. I, I Did got you one know right Tom here. Brady invited Osama bin Laden to that game? <laughs> he, he asked him out there. What the like, F, man? Celebrate. Yeah, people do remember where they were when JFK was assassinated because he was the president of the country. I actually think that Schrager's oh, 9-11 Brady anecdote is, better. is, is relevant. Yeah, no, sure. yeah, that's fine. He started the first game after 9-11. He's just that's setting, interesting. He's just setting a timeline. Yeah. He's, he's giving you perspective. That's how long ago it was yeah. when Brady made his first NFL start. Shout that's a relevant thing. Shout people remember where they were when JFK was assassinated. Remember where you were with 9-11. Can I tell you something? Can I interrupt you real stuff. quick? Oh, God, yeah, please. You yeah, should have yeah. interrupted him before that. I, you know, You're I just late think, to interrupt him. Yeah. In fact. I was talking to my mom about it. She was like, yeah, it was the challenger. It was uh, it was nine eleven. It was Brady. Yeah, those were those. I remember were, where I was when Challenger exploded. I'm not going to remember where I was when I heard about Tom Brady. <laughs> you don't remember the Flight ninety three cleats that Tom Brady wore on that Sunday? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. The entire thing, but it does allow us to talk about uh, insensitive descriptions of JFK <sighs> with the late great Les Grobstein. Les, what happened, unfortunately, to President Kennedy in nineteen sixty three? That was November 22nd, and we don't know if it was uh, Lee Harvey Oswald or a whole big thing there, but uh, <laughs> he kind of got blown away. And I went to the schoolyard. My, I was in grade school, and I told everybody what had happened because I was watching uh, Bozo Circus. And then they said, you're alive. And I told the teachers, put on the radio. And if I'm, if I'm not lying, then I get a whole week off without any kind of penalty. And they put it on, sure enough. It had happened, and then we found out five minutes later that he was deceased. Oh, Great there's, story, so, there's so much there. There is a lot Did there. he get the week off? That's what I want to know. Why was he watching Bozo Circus during Why recess? Why not? Where was the TV at school? I don't know, but... I mean, Bozo Circus, sure, but he kind of got he kind of got blown away. Les, what happened, unfortunately, to President Kennedy in 1963? That was November 22nd, and we don't know if it was uh, Lee Harvey Oswald or a whole big thing there, but uh, he kind of got blown away. Oh, was it a whole big thing there? It was a pretty big thing, even if it was Lee Harvey it Oswald. Was a, yeah, it was a big thing. That was a big thing. And he kind of got blown away. Oh, that's amazing. I'll never forget where I was when I heard Sean O'Hara compared Tom Brady's retirement to 9-11. This texter, you're my people, sir or ma'am. I forget where I was already when Tom Brady retired. Yeah, me too. I don't remember. I I was at home, but I don't remember what room of my house I was in because it was in the morning. It was a weekday morning, so I was at home trying to keep my kid from bleeding out his forehead. It's just incredible. Texter says, today I learned... Not to give a groundhog stitches if he's bleeding from the forehead. That's a pretty good summation of our last 40 minutes. It was a productive show, then. I think so. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Really great work, guys. Good one today. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, everybody. Very strong. I I, I credit Dave Wanstead. He was great. And Bourbon. Wani was amazing today. Seriously, anytime that Wani's here, you you should be listening. I think he's going to be around because, as you said, Shane... Thank God for that hurricane. <laughs> Thank God for that hurricane. I'm so glad Wani's house got wiped out in Naples. Now he'll be here with us until it's rebuilt. So he'll be here all winter long. He's going to Pittsburgh, though, this week. He's flying out tomorrow. Yeah, and then I think he goes to Naples the week after the Super Bowl. Tony Wise picking him up at the airport. Is that true? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
That's what the, that's the offensive line coach's lot in life. You know what I mean? There was a whole one-way conversation on the cell phone back oh here with Wani while you guys were talking about the great things you saw today on the west side of Wani just back here. They're making their plans for Pittsburgh. <laughs> He's and organizing he, an airport pickup with Tony Wise. offensive line coach. Dave, call a $26 Uber. No. No, Tanny, that wasn't Tony Wise. That was Tony, the guy he's going to the Super Bowl party for. That wasn't Tony Wise. Oh, oh. He called listener Tony. There's a lot going on. He's going to the, the Super Bowl party for. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. okay. And it. Wow. Every sack is a specific <laughs> occurrence. Sure is. Thank Tony. you to Dave Wanstead and Mark Janowski for being on our ridiculous radio program. Thank you to Kevin Lapka. Gotta Con- watch the searchers. Con- I watch the searchers. Connor O'Donnell for the Twitch chat and video stream. Thank you, sirs. Shane Reardon is our executive producer. Enjoy your three day weekend and uh, congrats on ending our Iron Man streak at four. It doesn't, it, it, Tanny and I don't factor in there. That's you guys only. All so right. So, so, we, so we stretch to five tomorrow. Well, let's, let's both show up first. I'm in. Uh, I plan to be here. Thank you to Chris. Owen might murder Eli tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) So mortifying. Good dad. Chris Tannehill makes it sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel and Danny Parkins, we are Parkinson Spiegel. This is the score. At the end, got away from us. No, that wasn't any fun. So I don't think about that. That's, you know, what's next is for later. Not now for me. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.